1: welcome back to the champagne on ice podcast presented by the field of 68 after a week off we are back with some illini hoops talk and it has it is a busy week maybe the busiest week maybe the most action-packed week that we'll see all season with this illinois team i'm kyle tosk joined as always by mike farmer mike how you doing how was your break sir
2: thanksgiving break went well Uh, a little bit of illinois action Got the win yesterday over Rutgers. Awesome start to the Big Ten Conference season. I'm doing well. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, especially after watching that basketball game yesterday. Apologies for not releasing an episode last week, but there was hardly anything going on. Illinois played one game in 12 days, and it was against Western Illinois. It was also Thanksgiving weekend, so we're back now, and we got a loaded episode here today. Two games coming up this week, and also the Big Ten opener against Rutgers yesterday, which is where we will start because it was a very impressive performance by this Illini team. 76 58 was the final at the rack. That's what we'll always call it. I will not be calling it Jersey Mike's Arena. We are calling it the rack for eternity. And the reason we are is because it's been notoriously a very hard place for teams to go in and win, and Illinois made it look really easy yesterday. It was just their second win in a Big Ten road opener since 2011, I think. So Big Ten road openers have not been kind to Illinois yesterday was not the case. Illinois was dominant pretty much throughout. Rutgers made a little bit of a run late in the first half, but the start of both halves, Illinois absolutely went off, was dominant. I think they started the game 18-4, to held Rutgers to like four points in the first eight minutes of the game, and then to start the second half after Rutgers had cut it to five at halftime, I believe they went on another like 20-5 to run or something like that and really just took control of the game. Uh, so we'll, we'll start with that. Mike, what, what did you think of that performance? I am very impressed. It answered a lot of the concerns I had. I know it's just one game, but man, that if that team can play like that on both ends of the floor, I think they're going to be pretty dangerous.
2: Yeah, it is one game for sure. First game of the big 10 season. I do think, I know it is early. I do think Rutgers is one of the lower a team in the lower tier of the big 10. I know they've sure. got a decent amount of talent. They got a good coach. They'll win games at home this year, of course, at the rack, I do think uh, – I think their talent has dropped off a bit. I don't think they'll do too much in the Big Ten. But regardless, huge win, huge win on the road, great way to start the conference season, uh, great way to gain some momentum going into FAU, Tennessee, and Missouri in this, uh, this non-conference schedule we keep talking about. I think you, you start with just all-around dominance pretty much. Uh, hitting three-pointers. There were some turnover issues. I know Rutgers was doing that press for a little bit. It'll be interesting to see if other teams maybe implement the press because uh, Illinois' lack of a point guard. Great on the glass. Uh, The fouls were – I don't really – I'm not worried about the fouls in that game. I think the refs were – they were struggling yesterday. But defense, phenomenal. Guys are making shots. Guys are hitting the rebounds. Uh, Just all around really fun to watch team looked really good. I don't think there's too much more to say.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you that I don't think this Rutgers team is particularly good, but I still think this is a really impressive win, given the environment that you're going into, the building you're going into. Illinois was 0-3 in their last three games there, and Rutgers, it just – they cause. I mean, they've picked off so many good teams there because they just make it so ugly. I think this Rutgers team is still really good defensively. They came into the game number one in two-point field goal defense, top 10 in the country uh, in defensive efficiency. So I still think it's a good defensive team. And one, I, I came into the game kind of concerned, is this where we're really going to see, especially when they brought out that press, is this a game where we're going to see a ton of turnovers, a lot of offensive issues for this illinois team and it's just going to be one of those ugly ones where rutgers just dictates the game in their building and it wasn't that at all from the very tip off illinois was dominant they dictated everything that went on in the game i thought offensively against a good rutgers defense they were about as impressive offensively as i've seen in a while for a team that has struggled so much on that end but really defensively illinois is really 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 good and i get it this rutgers team doesn't have a ton of go-to scorers or guys that jump off the page they're not a great offensive team but man illinois aside from like a five-minute stretch and towards the end of the first half rutgers couldn't get anything going against this team illinois held them i believe, at 28 percent from two 33 overall obviously held them in the 50s and, man, it was just impressive to see with, with this team. You see, you saw Coleman Hawkins come back into the lineup after missing the last three games with a knee injury. And, you know, his numbers don't jump off the page. He's still having some issues offensively. I think the injury plays a part in that. But you saw the impact he made when he was on the floor defensively. Cliff Amore for Rutgers, 3 for 10 from the floor, 7 points. Uh, and I thought that was really impressive. I thought Terrence Shannon was by far the best player on the court which is what you wanted to see on both ends i mean he was really good defensively 23 points he if he shoots like this all year and we're starting to get into a territory where we have a sample size it's not just up he had one of those nights like ucla where he shot eight for nine and it's raising the percentage like we're getting towards sample size territory where hey is he going to shoot 40 something percent this year and if he does it'd be it'd be pretty huge for this team but yeah its just Really impressive. I, I get the opponent probably isn't going to be of the caliber of some other games you're going to see this year, but still road game in the Big Ten. Those are never easy to win. Illinois only went 2-8 and eight on the road last year, so to already get off to a 1-0 start, I'm very encouraged by and, and against a Rutgers team that I still think will be kind of pesky this year to just own them like that and to leave no doubt. I thought it's really encouraging, especially heading into this upcoming week, which we'll get into in a little while.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, one of my takeaways was towards the end of the first half, Rutgers goes on a little run. Uh, it's not even like Rutgers offense was doing too much. It was a couple free throws, some turnovers. They got back in the game. But then the start of the second half, Illinois defense. I don't know the exact number, but I was with my friends watching it. And I think it was 12, maybe 13 minutes into the second half. And we're like, does Rutgers have eight points right now in this half? And it was something like I think they had nine points in 13 minutes, maybe. So just – we've seen that a couple times in the bye games. Like, I think it was Valpo, uh, Terrence Shannon came out in the second half, just completely shut down the uh, opposing team's star player. Illinois has this potential this year with this big lineup, big physical guys, versatility on switching defensively when Coleman's in there. Uh, They had the potential to just lock down teams on defense. I know this, like – on our podcast, we've talked a lot about the offense, point guard struggles. Where is the offense going to come from? Uh, our turnover is going to affect the team, whatever it was. Um, but like we've been saying, this defense has the has the potential to win games in the Big Ten, and we saw it yesterday. And pairing it with a dominant offensive performance like we had yesterday, I mean, this team is just dangerous. Um, Taryn Shannon starts. Uh, he starts the defensive uh, push on the defensive end, of course. He can lock down the opposing team star player every single night, it seems like now. Uh, you got guys like Damask and Cody, Quincy Garrier. They're rebounding really hard. Illinois is actually the number one rebounding team in the country right now that we just found out before the podcast. Uh, so you got rebounders. you got long, uh, physical athletic players. you got Coleman in the, at the five position switching. Uh, Brett Underwood recruited these veteran guys, these talented, experienced guys. They know how to play defense. They can provide on offense sometimes i know uh damask garrier harman they, they all contributed in the first half on offense which was great to see but consistently on defense they're uh, contributing as well it's really great to see illinois top 10 uh defensive efficiency on ken palm right now it's a dangerous team
1: yeah you mentioned the rebounding i think that was maybe the biggest thing that stood out from this entire game because yeah when you look at this illinois roster that's something that we've talked about before like This should be a huge strength of this team you've got rebounders almost at every position you have physicality and size at every position in this lineup and guys you can bring in off the bench as well like this should be a team that never gets out physical in the game i thought they kind of did at times against marquette which i was concerned about but then you come into this rutgers game and man the steve peichel rutgers teams i mean their whole mo is physicality toughness and illinois was by far the more physical and tough team in that game yesterday 55 27 was the rebounding differential against a rutgers team that you just never see that against i think the craziest stat from the whole game was illinois had 19 offensive rebounds rutgers had 18 defensive rebounds so illinois had more offensive rebounds than rutgers had defensive rebounds and i thought that was huge there was everybody was clash, crashing the offensive glass like that's going to be such a key for this team we know that you know what this game isn't solving the offense you know i think there's still things this is going to be a work in progress on the offensive end there's going to be lulls i don't think this team is ever going to get to a point where they're a a top-notch offensive team in college basketball so i think a key is going to be man if they can get on the offensive glass consistently there's no reason they shouldn't be one of the better offensive rebounding teams not only in the Big Ten, but nationally. And if they can create second-chance opportunities like they were doing all the time yesterday, like that's just such a help to a team that maybe isn't going to be the most explosive offensive team. Um, But with that said, I thought the offense looked as good as it has all season yesterday. I thought, guys... We're really moving the basketball, there was guys that were just attacking gaps in that Rutgers defense kicking out the shooters guys driving Marcus a guy we haven't mentioned yet. 15 points I mean we talked about it two weeks ago when we were kind of going through player evaluations and we were wondering you know Damascus. He looked great in that Marquette game, but man, all a lot of these bye games, he hasn't looked great. He's looked kind of lost, but maybe he just shows up when the when the lights are brightest in these biggest games, cause he played really well, 15 points. Like working him out of that mid post area where he can back down guys and use his size from that wing spot. Like he is really crafty and patient at that. And he got some easy buckets doing that so just some of these wrinkles that we saw and and Terrence shannon i thought had a really good day not only just shooting the ball and scoring which he was a dominant force but he made some really nice passes and was moving the basketball and and was using his downhill ability to create shots for other guys and like if you can just get contributions from different guys and and play team offense that's how you win without a point guard, and I think yesterday is how we, it is kind of a blueprint to how you want to see this team play, and of course you mentioned it a bit earlier, I think if there's one concern to draw from this game, it's you turn it over 17 times, and when Rutgers pressed you, it was a little ugly at times, it, it is something that I'm thinking about, like yeah, I think there's going to be quite a bit of Big Ten teams, that are going to pull out some type of pressure, some type of full court press on Illinois just to test them, because I think that's an easy way to to turn them over, but you know, if that's the only thing I'm taking from this game and you turn it over 17 times and you win by 20 points, I think that bodes pretty well. So, uh, yeah, I, it was just, just such a complete performance on both ends and and uh, really encouraged by that for sure. But the, the rebounding thing for if, to me was the thing that stood out the most.
2: Yeah, I think even the half-court offense was, to me, it for seemed sure. improved. Uh, that one Ty Rogers, Ty Rogers uh, drove to the hoop. He, like, jumped out of bounds, found a wide-open shooter. I think it might have been Justin Harmon. Knocked it down. He had a couple assists on the day. Uh, a couple just beautiful possessions of, like, all five guys touching the ball, ending in a wide-open three. I think Goody might have had one of those. Just awesome to see. Stuff you just did not really see last year. We've talked a lot about guys – or certain guys last year that were, like, ball stoppers or possession stoppers. They get the ball and the shot's just killing up. There's still some of that this year, it's, but there's less of it. And it's more like, I mean, Terrence Shannon's averaging 20 points a game. It makes a little bit more sense if he's the one doing that this year. But overall, even without a true point guard, like we've been saying, uh, just offensive consistently, consistency looked a lot better yesterday. Turnovers, of course, an issue. I think even uh, when we when we weren't turning it over on the press, there were some possessions where like, we finally get over half court after eight or nine seconds, and then we're just kind of passing it around. And there were some uh, not great possessions where we're just putting up a shot with like three seconds left on the shot clock. But it's fixable. Maybe teams would start pressing us now after seeing that. Maybe they don't. We'll see. It's We can adjust. Uh, I think we'll be fine.
1: Yeah, and it's not something that every team really has in their bag either. Uh, Rutgers is a team that just, that's been a staple of what they've done. I, I think you might see teams that – might give it a try, but also I think Illinois will get better at that aspect as the season goes on, and I think we we I think the difference I saw in the press break was when Coleman Hawkins got into a foul trouble and was on the bench it felt like he is that guy that stands kind of at half court and is a guy that can help you break it. And when he wasn't in the game, I thought Ty Rogers was forcing cross court passes and there were just some, some clunkiness there. So I'm not super concerned about that. It's definitely something that I think we'll, we'll come back into contact with, but yeah, the half court offense was as good as we've seen. I thought they, they threw some new wrinkles in there. I thought they ran a few more sets than they usually do, but also I just thought the ball movement and the flow to it was as good as we've seen. Um, But I want to focus a little bit more on the defensive end before we move on to previewing because – Right now, this team's one of the best offensive teams in college basketball. You look at some of the numbers. You mentioned at eighth in defensive efficiency on Ken Palm. They're number one two-point field goal defense in the country so far this year. Number one effective field goal percentage defense in the country. Number two in assist rate defense in the country. What that tells me is teams can't get into a flow against them. There's a lot of isolation, late clock shots. Uh, I believe they are top 10 in the country in percentage of shots opponents are taking from three-point range which is a Brad Underwood staple he's a guy that wants to force teams into twos wants to take away the three-point line and when you pair that with the number one two-point percentage defense in the country I think it's a winning formula for this team but um, I mean you you just kind of look at the lineup I think Ty Rogers and Taryn Shannon have been phenomenal point of attack defenders this year, great screen navigators, guys that I think are really good staying in front of perimeter guards, even though they're bigger and they're maybe not as quick laterally as some other some other guards like they've been fantastic Gary a has been as physical of a defender as i've seen from the four spot for illinois in a long time i wasn't sure what we were going to get from him defensively but man he's just playing strong he's kind of been an immovable body Uh, and then obviously getting coleman back is huge as well like this team you mentioned it like it in one of the first things you said like i think defense is a reason that this team can be a big 10 top of the conference team and like I think the question became heading into this game. Now, again, is Rutgers one of the best offensive teams in the country? No, but we saw them be very good on the defensive end against a bunch of buy teams, against a bunch of teams in the 300s on Ken Palm. What is it going to look like on the road against a high major team? and the answer is it looked really dominant and now we will get to in a few minutes there's going to be a couple tests coming up this week where we'll really see how good they are but the pieces are aligning the advanced metrics look phenomenal so far like this could be brad underwood's best defensive team that he's had and i think that is the path for this team being a true national contender
2: i just don't think there's too many weaknesses on the defensive end as well Maybe you look at the freshman, maybe. I mean, Dre gibbs Lawhorn didn't even play yesterday. Moretti's still hurt. Hansberry can be a bit of a liability, but...
1: I think if- Damask and Goody, are matchup, you know, certain matchups are going to cause them problems, but I think if yeah. if they're your one weak link, I think you can hide them pretty easily.
2: Exactly. If your concern is uh, your seventh or sixth or seventh man's matchup when he comes in the game, I think overall you're going to be fine on defense. If it's Luke Goody guarding 6'8 K.J. Adams from Kansas, maybe that's an issue, but I don't know how much that's going to happen in the Big Ten. But anyways, Brad Underwood's teams have been consistently good on defense like the past four or five years since Illinois has been good. It's been the calling card of some teams, and defense wins games in March, and it hasn't really translated to too much March success uh, for Illinois in the actual NCAA tournament. I know it's early December. Things can change, but it's looking good right now. Just the switchability, the length, like 6'11", Coleman Hawkins. Dane Danger comes off the bench. Not great on defense, but he'll grab some rebounds. He can block some shots. He can be a bit of a force in the paint. Garrier's rebounding on 6'8", 6'9". Goody, Domaska rebounding. Terrence, like, your backcourt is 6'5", Ty Rogers, and 6'5", Terrence Shannon. It's, it's going to be difficult for teams to score on this Illinois team just simply based on the length. Uh, I mean, last year, the defense was still good, and we were, like, playing four freshmen – Got a couple transfers. You had like two returning players from last year's team, and I want to say they were still top thirty. Uh, so Brad Underwood just knows how to get defensive out of it. Get defense out of his players. Uh, defense leads to transition, which Illinois is really good at. I mean, Terrence Shannon had a couple great uh, transition plays. Luke Goodie loves running in transition, hitting some wide open threes. Uh, it, it just looks really good right now. I know it's early. We've had two good uh, two games against some actual like high major teams. We'll see in the upcoming weeks how we look against uh, some of these potential national contenders in FAU and Tennessee. It's going to be interesting to see, but I think I would bet on, I mean, this isn't really a hot take, but I think I would I would bet on Illinois' defense staying in the top 10 uh, in Ken Palm over like the Illinois offense improving a ton, which isn't crazy to say, but I'm pretty confident in it.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think, I don't think this is a fluke. I don't think this is something where they're going to go from eighth to twenty eighth by the time the season's over. I think if there's going to be any drop off, it's from eighth to like twelfth. I think this is a one of the better defensive teams in the country. You, and if, the funny thing is, you mentioned transition. There, this Illinois team's actually been one of the worst in the country at forcing turnovers. Three hundred forty seventh, which is just so weird. Like that's something positive regression is coming on that front. Like you're, that's, yeah, I think so. that's something that with this team and and, and the individual defenders they have they're going to force more so the fact that they're this good defensively and they're not even forcing any turnovers this is all just coming in the half court and preventing teams from scoring without turning them over like that is imagine if they do start turning people over and they get a little more aggressive and maybe pull out a couple you know three-quarter court, full-court pressure packages on some teams on, in certain matchups. Like, all of a sudden, you could take even another step forward. So I'm by far the most encouraged about that. And yesterday, I thought that's what won them the game, as as good as they were offensively, and to score 76 and to have the efficiency they had against Rutgers, really impressive. But Rutgers never had a chance to really come back into the game because Illinois couldn't let them get a good look and was just so good on that end of the floor. Uh, and, and this this roster makeup, I think that's – when we talked about the concerns coming in i think a lot of them came coming into the season i think a lot of them came offensively when you talk about a lack of a point guard and all that type of stuff and the lack of shooting but you know i think the the strength of this roster and what it was built to be was always defensively dominant and the fact that you have like you mentioned the size and the toughness and the strength one through five in the lineup like that is what brad underwood wants to do and i would bet on him putting together a really good defensive team because like you mentioned last year i think there were some liabilities i think there were some obvious flaws defensively for them and they were still i believe 20 something in defensive efficiency in the country so uh that's what brad underwood does and i'm excited about the defensive potential of this team
0: before history is written it's played
1: Uh, But I do want to talk about this week because we're going to get more tests this week for this team. We'll come back to this discussion next Sunday and maybe it'll be different or maybe it'll even be reinforced. But we'll find out uh, because there are two big time matchups for the Illini this week, starting on Tuesday in the Jimmy V Classic at Madison Square Garden against Florida Atlantic, who went to the final four last year, obviously. Uh, And then on Saturday, they go on the road, the beginning of a home and home series against Tennessee, who has lost a couple in a row here, but came into the season preseason top 10. So two big time tests we will start on Tuesday. We'll kind of break each of these down a little bit. Not going to go crazy with them, but we'll we'll uh, we'll kind of get you ready for each of these games starting Tuesday, Florida Atlantic. This is a Florida Atlantic team, obviously final four team from last year, best mid-major in the country from last year. Uh, we all saw them on a national stage and how good and lethal they are on the offensive end. This year, they come into this game, I believe, 7-1. and one. It will be their record heading into Tuesday night. Their one loss was kind of a perplexing one. They lost to Bryant. Um, But other than that, they've looked really good. I believe that they've put up 90 points in three of their last four games. They won the ESPN events invitational in Orlando uh, during Feast Week, beat Texas A&M, put 96 on them. That's a ranked Texas A&M team. So they're playing really good basketball here of late. Um, I was... I was wondering after that Bryant loss, uh, was this team getting overvalued a little bit because they went to the final four last year? Is this really a top 10-15 team? I think I may have been wrong for questioning that because that looks like more of a fluke than, than what they really are. So what do you see in this matchup? Uh, how excited are you for this one, Illinois, Florida, Atlantic?
2: Super excited. Jimmy B Classics, always awesome in Madison Square Garden. I forget what the other matchup of the night is, but I think it's really good. I believe good it's UConn, sure it North is. Carolina is the nightcap. Yeah, that should be awesome then. Uh, like you're saying, FAU Final Four team last year pretty much returned every key piece, returned every starter. They got the two co-conference player the players of the year, John L. Davis, Elijah Martin, which is instru- uh, very interesting for their conference because naming two co-player uh, of the years from the same team is crazy. But uh, anyways... They return every starter. They got massive Vlad Golden, who's uh, improved a lot this year in the paint. Yeah, I think he's a seven-foot center. Uh, like a couple more like rotational guards that'll get you like ten points a night. They're a really solid team. We saw made that Final Four run last year. Pretty much one shot away from the national championship. National championship actually, which was insane as a ninth seed. Um, really solid team. Experienced. A lot of their guys are pretty old now. Uh, they return for their super senior years. I think they'll be ready to go. People are talking about how our length, like we've been talking about how our length and uh, versatility on defense is causing problems for everybody. People are saying it's going to cause problems for FAU too because they're a bit smaller, a bit like people think Illinois will be faster. I'm not too sold on that. Like we saw FAU just beat Texas A&M. They won four or five games in March last year. Like I think they'll be ready to play against a physical Illinois team. But that being said, I do think – like, just because FAU went to the Final Four last year and Illinois struggled last year just because they're ranked higher. I think these teams are pretty evenly matched, honestly. They've got talent in the backcourt. We've got Terrence Shannon in the backcourt. I, I, I don't want to say Coleman Hawkins can, like, limit Vlad Golden because Vlad Golden, he's a force. Like, we saw that in some uh, March games last year. He's been a really solid this year. He's hitting, he's hitting his shots at, like, 75%, which is insane. Um, But I think Coleman can help limit uh, what he's doing on the glass, what he's doing in the paint, Dane and Quincy, Amani, possibly. Like we've been saying, our length, it's crazy. Uh, We got, like, these physical athletic guys from top to bottom in our lineup. Uh, FAU, I mean, they'll be ready. They got a great coach. They're returning everybody. It's going to be a great game. Um, I don't want to put a score prediction. I I think it will be close. I think it will come down to the wire. Uh, I'm thinking like in the 70s, but I mean, we'll see.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's going to be strength versus strength here, right? Florida Atlantic, really, really good offensive team. Top 10 in the country, offensive efficiency in Kempom. Seventh currently team that shot, has shot the ball from three extremely well the last two years. I think they were top 50 last year. Now they're in the top 40 so far this year. Uh, you look at their last five scoring outputs, and these are against some really good basketball teams uh 91 96 84 83 90 are the last five games for florida atlantic on the offensive end those came against three high major teams in butler texas a m and virginia tech at the espn invitational over the over the weekend over last weekend uh and then two of the top mid major teams in the country liberty and charleston at the uh field of 68 invitational uh over this past weekend so uh, or tip off, I mean. So they are a really good offensive team. Illinois, we just went on and on about them defensively. So it's strength versus strength in this game. And, and whoever's has the bigger strength is going to end up winning this game. I'm, I'm really excited to see because we'll really get a true uh, indicator of is this really one of the best defensive teams in the country if they can hold down this FAU offense. Uh, that will be uh, their statement uh, made so far this year so'm I'm, I'm really excited to see that. Uh, you mentioned the point earlier on about you know the physicality and the size of Illinois maybe giving FAU some trouble. I, I do agree with you I think this isn't your normal mid-major basketball team. this is these are some good athletes. these are really good players. I think they actually are a little bigger than people give them credit for. They've got some longer guys you can bring off the bench. Um, I think when they play their three-guard lineup, uh, when you have Greenlee, uh, Janelle Davis, and uh, Elijah Martin, they can get a little bit smaller. That's where I would think, hey maybe illinois can frustrate them this is probably going to be the one of the longer more physical teams florida atlantic has seen in a long time at the same time i think they saw that in the ncaa tournament last year and didn't have a whole lot of issue with it so really i think it's just going to come down to execution we know how good florida atlantic is on the offensive end they're really just a a good free-flowing offense um everything that we kind of said that illinois was showing against rutgers that's what they do on a consistent basis they get paint touches they they penetrate they kick the shooters uh golden is a a force inside if he gets free he's a dump off option in the paint and and can do a lot of damage in there he's also really good rim runner like coleman hawkins needs to run the floor and make sure that he doesn't get out and transition because he runs the floor as well as any 7-1 force of a big man that i've seen that's what they try to do so illinois defensively it's going to come down to execution for them we know they're going to try to take away the three-point line stay connected to shooters that's what Brad underwood always wants to do it's going to be really important in this game if you can force florida atlantic into some tougher twos that's the game plan in here you don't want to leave their shooters free you don't want them to get hot from three because as we've seen they can drop 90 on your head if you give them open shots so uh, i'm excited for this matchup because it is going to be big time strength versus big time strength top 10 offense versus top 10 defense uh, Florida Atlantic, though, I, you know, they haven't been a bad defensive team. Uh, Illinois still has to come to play offensively. Terrence Shannon should be again like he's got to be the best player on the court. Florida Atlantic's got good guards, but man, you got to come to play and give us 20 something and, and just take over at times like he's done uh, in some of these bigger games. He's going to be a key for Illinois. Coleman Hawkins, if he can start giving you something on the offensive end, if he can pull uh, if he can make it a three or two early and pull Golden away from the rim and, and have, make him respect coleman's three-point shot that's going to be huge because golden can be a, a big time rim protector you want to get him as far away from the basket as possible out of help position so that terrence can go to work and ty can go to work and damask and can try to get inside so uh i think this is going to be a high level game this is one where uh i just i feel like illinois this is one where i the matchup aligns itself where, like, if you really are as good of a defensive team as we think they can be. Like, this is when I think Illinois should and can win. It's going to be tough. I think Florida Atlantic is going to be favored. But I kind of like this matchup for Illinois. I think they can hold down Florida Atlantic's offense enough. I think that they have the guys that can get inside and score on, on this Florida Atlantic defense, which has holes. Um, and is going to have a big-size mismatch across the court. I I, th- I think Illinois should win this basketball game if they play well enough. If they play like they did yesterday, I think they win this game. Um, but it's going to come down to defensive execution, and you're going to have to hold down this Florida Atlantic team. I'm not asking you to hold them to 50-something, but hold them down into the 70s and, and keep them off the three-point line. And uh, I think Illinois could have some success in this one.
2: I think if we hold them in the 70s, we win, honestly. They've got – like. They've got star players, but they don't have one guy that's like averaging seven more points per game than the rest of them. They're pretty consistent, like Golden, Martin, Davis, all in the like ten to fifteen point per game range. I want to say my issue is I know it's not an exact mirror image because Tyler Kolek is like an anomaly in college basketball. FAU doesn't have a Tyler Kolek, but we saw against Marquette. Marquette's strength, obviously, obviously their offense top ten in the country. I'm pretty sure just like FAU. And Illinois loses that game. Uh, the defense was honestly fine, but the offense struggled. I know the offense was great uh, against Rutgers yesterday, but I'm still just not sold. I know FAU's defense isn't, like, top tier in the country. But I, I still I feel like I need to see more. I mean, we just lost a game to Marquette where, obviously, our strength is defense compared to their offense. And it's a similar case, not exactly mirror images, like I was just saying, but... I'm not fully confident. FAU is a well-coached team. They've, I mean, they've beat really good teams before. They beat beat Kansas State last year, Tennessee last year, almost beat SDSU last year in the tournament. They're a solid team. Already beat Texas A&M this year. I will say, Vlad Golden is very foul-prone. Like, he could pick up two fouls in, like, the span of two minutes. If Illinois is able to do that, I think the game changes completely. Like, he's averaging three fouls a game last year. He was in foul trouble a couple times in the tournament last year. If Dane or maybe Terrence drives to the hoop, gets a foul on Vlad early, that will completely change the, change the game, uh, completely open the paint because FAU is not uh, too big like in terms of their front court outside. They Black don't group. really have a backup for him, no. Yeah. Exactly, if you get yeah. him off the court, you're going to be in good shape. So I don't know if that's a possible game plan, but definitely something to look for. If he picks up a foul early, that completely ch- uh, changes the tides of the game.
1: Yeah, no, I I want to see Olney put pressure on the rim and make him come over and help and maybe foul, pick up a couple cheap fouls. You know, it, it's Coleman's not a guy who's going to really back a seven-one big man down and try to get him to foul him in the post. So yeah. I think that's where you're really going to, you know, unless you want to give Dane Danger some minutes and try to try to, you know, I I, I don't know, Dane Danger's he hasn't he hasn't looked great this year so i don't know you know if coleman's if coleman's if playing well i think you ride with him and you really just try to pull him away from the basket coleman's got to show he can be a threat from outside and make golden respect him and that way you can open up the lane a little bit but also i just put pressure on him and if he if he blocks your shot fine but try to get try to get him into foul trouble i think that could be a huge key but you're totally right in the fact that yeah i This offense is far from fixed because they had 76 points against Rutgers like it was an encouraging offensive performance. I'm still very curious to see, especially if we get into crunch time again, if we get into a close game again, I get concerned because we saw how that went against Marquette Illinois just couldn't generate good possessions and you're going up against another elite offensive team, like you get into a tie game at the under four timeout and you need quality possessions, I have a lot more confidence that Florida Atlantic is going to generate those than Illinois is, and that could end up being the difference in the game. Now, again, Illinois can can do what they need to do defensively and and not make that matter as much, but at the end of the day, I think there's there's a certain aspect where Florida Atlantic is going to get theirs at some point, so you're going to have to keep up. You're going to have to get into the 70s. Um, but also, if it gets late in the game, like you got to execute, you got to find who you want to handle the basketball, you got to find who you want to run offense through. Um, I think Taryn Shannon has proven that he's capable of creating his own shot and, and being a go to guy, but you're still going to need to give him some help there. We've seen even late in the Marquette game when you're trying to ask him to create everything for you, he can be turnover prone. You even saw that against Rutgers. He had five turnovers, but couldn't be less concerned about that given what else he gave you in that game. Um, but yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I, I'm not trying to say that uh, the offense is still going to be a key for this game. I think it's the strength versus strength. Florida Atlantic's offense against Illinois defensively is going to be the big test and the key matchup in the game. But Illinois still got to score. Illinois got to build off that game against Rutgers on the offensive end for sure. Uh, and that's that's going to be really important. Uh, should we give a prediction for this game, or do you want to you want to just leave it?
2: Uh, I'll go. I think it's going to be like, what was the Marquette game? 71 to 71, 64. 71 64, I mean, I'm thinking in that range, I hope the Illinois offense has improved a bit. I mean, I'm going to say like 75, 73. I'll just go Illinois for the hell of it.
1: I'm going to go Illinois as well. I don't know. I've had a a feeling about this game for a while, even since the schedule came out. Now, I had a terrible feeling about Saturday and they blew them out. So maybe that's a bad sign that I have a good feeling about this one. They're going to look (laughs) terrible. Uh, But no, I just, I don't know. I, I just think Illinois, like they're going to impose themselves physically again, Florida Atlantic. I think might put up one of their worst offensive performances of the season going against this physical Illinois defense that's going to try to keep them off the three-point line and uh, and I think Illinois can do enough on the offensive end uh, just enough, and they're going to have Terrence Shannon on the court, and I don't think Florida Atlantic has anybody that can match up with him. I think that's where you go late in the game, and hopefully he can knock some shots down and, and, and do what he did a few times last year and has already done at times this year and just kind of take over the game. I'm going Illinois 77-73 over the Florida Atlantic Owls on Tuesday night. Uh, another game this week, uh, another huge one. Let's Let's get to that one to close out the show here. Uh, Saturday morning, this is going to be an 11 a.m. Central Time tip-off on CBS. That is quite unique for Illinois to be playing 11 a.m. on CBS. I can't wait for it. That'll be awesome. Um, But this game is going to take place in Knoxville against the Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee started the season as a top 10 team, a pretty consensus top 10 team, has lost three games in a row now. They went to Maui, lost to Purdue, Uh, By four, lost to Kansas. There's no shame in either of those losses. And then they go to North Carolina um, in kind of an uncharacteristic performance for them. They give up 100 points to North Carolina on the road this past week um and and lose that game 100 to 92 but i i still think this is a top 10 caliber team when they're playing their best basketball even with that 100 point uh, north carolina output on wednesday they're number three in the country in defensive efficiency on ken Palm. this is always going to be an elite defensive team under rick barnes especially with this roster a huge test on the road for illinois offensively going in there we know that you know we talk about illinois being physical being good on the glass Tennessee is all those things and has been all those things. I mean, they're as physical a team as you'll find in all of college basketball. They're not going to be afraid to put you on the free throw line and follow you. As we saw in that Purdue-Tennessee game in Maui, I think there were 78 combined free throw attempts in that game. Purdue shot 48. Uh, Not all 48 of them were legitimate, but a lot of them were tennessee (laughs) Uh, fouls quite a bit, but the, the the point being that they are a really physical team, great defensive team. I'm not reading too much into North Carolina there. I think North Carolina, part of that was they were making everything in that game. Um, but uh, it, Tennessee, this, this is going to be as tough a game as Illinois is going to see all year. When you consider the environment, when you consider the opponent, I, I'm excited for this one this is going to be a challenge I'm not reading a ton into Tennessee's three game losing streak I think they're still really good the one factor to watch is Dalton connect Tennessee the transfer uh, that they picked up this offseason he rolled his ankle in the fourth in the uh, or not the fourth quarter not playing in the NBA in the second half uh, of that North Carolina game and left the game uh, so second time this year that an opposing star is going to be hobbled with an ankle injury coming in so we'll monitor that one um but if he plays he's been phenomenal uh we'll watch that but uh, illinois tennessee how are you feeling about this one saturday morning
2: i mean do we have an update on his health or is it just i haven't seen anything yeah okay. it
1: looked it didn't look great i mean he he rolled it pretty good it was like with like a minute to go in the north carolina game It was after he got fouled. So then he wasn't able to take the free throws. So they had to rule him out the rest of the game. Uh, And then I don't believe that they play again until uh, Tuesday against George Mason. So I guess we'll find out. Would not be shocked if he sat out that game, regardless of if he's fine or not, just to kind of get the extra time.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, that's a game that – the North Carolina game, that's a game where Dalton connected 37 points, Yeah, uh, which is crazy. Their offense begins with him, ends with him. They've got some solid role players on offense, but like, like you've been saying, offense is not their uh, not their calling card. Their defense gives up 100 points and is still ranked number three in the country, which is crazy. Just goes to show how good they've been the rest of the year when they're not giving up 50 free throws to Zach Edie. Uh But anyways – They've got – connect on offense, but then outside of that, it's a lot of role players. You've got Vescovi who could – he hasn't been great this year, honestly, as a fifth-year guy, but he'll have games where he can turn up and hit five threes or something. They've got Josiah Jordan-James as well, who's pretty consistent offensively. Other than that, they've got – their big man's Jonas Adu or Idu. I mean, I've watched him play a little bit. He was fine against uh, – he did pretty well against Dickinson on Kansas, actually, which was surprising. So he's somebody somebody to worry about a little bit outside of connect on offense. But their defense with Zakai Ziegler at point guard, when he's healthy, when he's playing, he's still struggled a bit this year coming off the injury from last season. But their defense, it's going to force turnovers no matter who they're playing, especially Illinois without their point guard, who's committing however many turnovers a game, 15 or 17 yesterday. Uh, that's going to be something to watch for, for sure. We'll see how they do against FAU in terms of turnovers, and uh, maybe FAU's pressing. Tennessee does something similar. We'll see if something like that happens. But I think this game is going to be a rock fight. I know it's still a week away, but uh, I'm not picturing this game being in the the 70s at all. Both teams obviously still top 10 in defensive efficiency on Ken Palm. I see this game maybe teams, maybe both teams shooting like 33% from the floor. I think it could get ugly. I know especially if connect's injured because Tennessee's offense outside of Dalton connect is not going to look good in my opinion, especially against this Illinois defense. If he's healthy, it's a different story. I still think Terrence Shannon, Ty Rogers, some other guys can uh, definitely limit him to less than 37 points like uh, North Carolina couldn't do. But anyways, I think this game is going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be probably high turnovers from the Illinois offense probably look a little shaky, I think this would be a really good game for Coleman Hawkins to get going. Uh, if he, I mean, any game would be a good game for him to get going. Even FAU, like if he's hitting a three early, like you said, or getting golden and foul trouble. But anyways, uh, we're gonna need some contributions on offense outside of Terrence Shannon for this game. I think it's a game where Luke Goody, if he gets some open looks, he's gonna be need to hit, need to be hitting them like he has this season. He's shooting forty five percent from three with Terrence he's Shannon, been fantastic. which is crazy. He's been awesome. But, uh, anyways, uh, guys like Gary, guys like Don't Ask, they've played in, uh, I mean, 100 college basketball games, just like pretty much all of Tennessee's roster has. It's going to be a battle of uh, really good defensive teams, really experienced teams, really well coached teams in a great uh, Knoxville environment. Going to be really fun to watch, even if the game is not great offensively, not really a, a fast paced, high scoring game. Regardless, going to be really fun. Can't wait to see an Illinois game on CBS.
1: Yeah, I think in terms of how you picture this game, I think it has a lot of similarities to how you probably pictured yesterday's game going. Obviously, the opponent is a lot better. Um, But in in terms of, yeah, you expect it to be really ugly, slow-paced, a half-court game, uh, I think that this is exactly what it's going to be. I'm with you. If there was any game that was going to be in the 50s in terms of a final score, I could see it being this one for sure. Like I, I think it could get ugly that way if dalton connect is for some reason out that would completely change how i view this game because as you mentioned there he is the catalyst of their offense i mean they have struggled on the offensive end in the last two seasons they bring him in uh, i believe from northern colorado uh, and he has been everything for their offense he's single-handedly turned things around and it's really just because you can run everything through him he's a good playmaker but he's a guy that just can create his own shot he's so crafty great shooter uh and like that's the guy that's going to be on the scouting report number one if you can take him out of the game you're going to have a lot of success but it's pretty hard to take him out of the game i hope he plays because terrence shannon versus him would be a phenomenal matchup Uh, i think that would be awesome um so i hope he plays i hope these two teams are at full strength but obviously if he doesn't that change how i view the game but regardless Illinois' offense is going to get a massive test uh, in this game. Tennessee, really good defensively. Uh, And the biggest thing is that they are just going to get up in your grill. Ball pressure is the key to what they do. They're going to pick you up three-quarter court. Um, and, and just getting your grill like if Ty Rogers is bringing the basketball up or if other guys are being asked to do it like they have to be really strong with the ball and, and it's a situation where you absolutely could turn it over 17 more times they're not they they can press they're not always going to all out full court like 122. Two, full court pressure like uh, like Rutgers did, but they are going to have a guy that is hounding the ball handler uh, from at least three-quarter court distance for most of the game. And you just, they, they want to get in your grill. They don't want to give you any room to work with. They want to cut off all driving lanes, make you move it around the perimeter and take contested shots. Illinois is going to have to find a way to, to penetrate and, and break down their defense, which is tough to do. We saw North Carolina have some success doing it, so it's not a flawless team defensively um but illinois is gonna really have to come to play and, and they're gonna have to get good performances out of their top guys i think the biggest weakness that tennessee has had has been defending opposing big men like you mentioned i think yonas adu is fine but um like they I, they've played some elite ones i'll just leave it at that zach Edie had 19 i uh, had 22 and 10 on him i think dickinson had 17 points 20 rebounds on him and then armando baycott had 22 points and 11 rebounds on him on wednesday and when you look at you know trying to exploit a weakness in their defense i don't think illinois has a big man that can necessarily do that that's not really coleman hawkins game is to dominate on the interior maybe it's a game where dane danger could give him some issues if he comes to play could give you an offensive spark um, and, and put some pressure on them in the paint definitely something you could possibly keep an eye on but uh i I just think illinois again you just you got to get good play from your top offensive guys you got to get terrence shannon um has got to handle the pressure the ball pressure well and has got to create opportunities by just getting downhill forcing the issue inside not allowing tennessee to frustrate him on the perimeter if you could draw some things up this is a game where i'd like to see a little bit more structure on offense i think if you just let Illinois kind of free flow things, I think it could go poorly. If you could design some sets, if you could uh, include some more just wrinkles in the offense to just get Marcus Damask a touch in the mid post or get Coleman Hawkins in the middle of the paint, trying to create or get a a downhill lane for Terrence Shannon. Like I, I think this is a game where you want to see more designs from this Illinois offense, but uh, I think this is going to be a great matchup another one where, Hey, you're going to get into it. You might get into a rock fight and ugly game. Well, you've got the defensive ability to, to, be right in that game in the end. If Tennessee is frustrating you and turning you over and you're not having a lot of success offensively, well, Illinois has the ability to just make it ugly and match that. And if they're being held to 50, they can hold Tennessee to 50. Illinois can win these ugly games this year. I think they've proven that already just based on how good they've been on the defensive end. But, man, road environment, this is a Tennessee arena in Knoxville that holds 20,000. It's going to be really intimidating this is one where you got to rely on your experience i think brad underwood is going to rely on experience just like he did yesterday we didn't see dre gibbs lawhorn get off the bench monty Hansberry got in there only because everyone was in foul trouble he got two fouls quickly looked a little overwhelmed um and then didn't play in the second half so Brad's going to rely on experience in this game. I think you got guys that, you know, have been in this now and and they handled it extremely well yesterday against Rutgers. Now, the rack is a tough place to play. It's probably not quite the level of Knoxville, but it's a tough place to play and Illinois' experience handled it really well, and they got off to such a great start. That's the key in these games. If you can go on the road and throw the first punch like Illinois did against Rutgers, they never look back after that. If you let Tennessee dictate things, you turn it over a couple times early, you go on a quick scoring drought in the first four or five minutes, that's where you get into trouble. But if Illinois can start like they did yesterday, that is how you control a game on the road. Easier said than done against Tennessee for sure, but that's, that's what I'm going to be looking for.
2: You were, you're totally right about that. I was just going to mention that if this is a game where Illinois goes down, this might be drastic, but if they go down like 10 to four at the under 16 timeout, something like that, uh, Tennessee is not a team you really come back on. Like I know they've lost three in a row. Like we've been saying, those are three ranked teams, three great big men. Um, But Illinois, I, I don't picture this a game where you go down, where you're down the, at the break, and then uh, you get some miraculous offensive comeback like you did against UCLA and uh, Texas last year and Northwestern last year at home. Just not the type of game this is going to be. At least uh, that's what we think a week away from it. Things could change if Dalton connects out, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Things could change for sure. But um, this is a game where Illinois has to get going early. Uh, relying on Terrence Shannon. uh don't get in foul trouble. Guys like Coleman Hawkins can't be having uh mental lapses. They're going to force turnovers, but you've got to find a way to limit it somehow. Ty Rogers has to be on this game. Like you said, we're, pro- we're not going to see the freshman much. Uh, It's going to be guys like Harmon, Damask, Goody off the bench, Dane Dangers uh, Hopefully he's contributing. I mentioned uh Jonas Adu locking down Hunter Dickinson. I was totally wrong about that. I was thinking of... uh. Uh, Marquette Oso-Igadaro oh, kind of locked uh, Hunter Dickinson down. I got those Maui games confused. But, yeah, if Dame Danger could be a threat on offense this game, that would be massive because you're actually right. Tennessee doesn't have great front court depth outside of Adu. But uh, it's going to be a full team effort like the FAU game, like the Rutgers game was. These are all tough teams, Tennessee especially, like we've been saying on defense, top three in the country. Uh, get going early, try to limit turnovers, hit free throws at the at the end of the game if it comes down to that. Uh, I really don't want to see this be a game where Illinois starts to chuck threes like we've seen in the past. They really, uh, this Rutgers game yesterday, Illinois was passing up open threes, which was like, you could tell that uh, that was a talking point in the locker room after some of these games early on in the season where we're shooting 35 threes a game. So uh, I think this could potentially be a game where they try to rely on the three too much and it's their downfall. We'll see. It's, it's a six days away. We got uh, one more game in between. Like we've been saying, it's going to be really fun to watch. Can't wait for it. Uh, awesome environment. Uh, yeah, I agree. I hope Dalton Connect comes to play. That It would be a matchup between him and Shannon. That's Like At this point in the season, that's two probably consensus All-Americans at this point. Uh, really fun to watch. Two great teams. Can't wait for it.
1: Yeah, should be great. I, I totally agree with you on that as well. I thought against Rutgers, like Illinois was passing up open shots to just continue to put pressure uh, on on uh, on Rutgers by driving the basketball and getting even better looks. And I thought all the looks they got from three were really good ones. What do you know? They shoot nine at 21. Like that's just the formula for them. You, you You not forcing things. You're playing to your strength. You're creating really good looks for your best shooters. And those guys are often going to make them. That's Luke Goody. That's Damask. mask. Uh, Justin Harmon made a couple. So and then obviously Terrence has shot it unbelievably well. If he shoots like this, man, they're going to be really good. Uh, I hope he keeps it up. But um, but yeah, the one other thing I get a little concerned about in this game, and, and I mentioned at the beginning, Tennessee fouls all the time. They are not going to be afraid to foul you. Illinois free throw shooting. That still isn't a th- isn't something that uh, that has totally been corrected. They shot seven of 11 against Rutgers, but they weren't at the line a ton uh they are still in the bottom 20 in all of division one and three in free throw shooting that could be something that hurts them in this game if ten, and tennessee is probably going to come in rick barton's going to tell his guys like be as physical as you can with this team if you pick up some fouls we'll you know we'll sub you out but this team's not going to beat you at the free throw line make them beat you at the free throw line i, I think that illinois might get a lot of free throw attempts in this game they're going to have to make them Uh, It's going to be a game with probably a lot of whistles, um, as we've seen, but obviously a road game. So maybe some of those won't go your way. So that's going to that's one concern that uh, I could see in this game for sure. Um, But I totally agree with everything you said Uh, should be an awesome week. Let's give a prediction for this one and then get out of here. Illinois at Tennessee. Can we make it a three and three game stretch, or Is this one going to be too tall a task?
2: Uh, It's tough predicting this before the FAU game. I think the FAU game is going to tell us a lot, actually. But, I mean, I just – I don't see a win here, I'll be honest. I've been kind of pessimistic on this podcast, but, uh, like, talking about the issues in the Rutgers game, if the issue in the Rutgers game is, like, your press break, that's not too big a concern. Like, I still think this team's really good. I do not think we're going to get this win at Tennessee – I, I I don't think it'll actually be in the 50s, but I want to say like Tennessee usually holds their opponents to somewhere in the 60s, so I'll go like 65. I'll go 65, 60. I think we keep it close. I can totally see this be a game where we're missing a ton of three point shots towards the end of the game, potentially missing free throws, turning it over at uh, late like crucial parts in the game, sort of like the Marquette game. I just I don't see a win here. Hopefully the FAU game is a win. And that kind of offsets the uh, losing another quad one opportunity here. But uh, we'll see. You never know.
1: Yeah, I think if you win the FAU game, you are set yourself into a position where you feel like the pressure's kind of off a little bit, like the win would be phenomenal. Uh, But a loss, I think you still have positioned yourself fine by beating Rutgers, beating FAU. Um, But I'm with you. I think we're on the same page in both these games. It's just it's such a tough, tough road game for this team. Uh, you are probably going to be based on what we're predicting. Um, they're going to be coming off a high on Tuesday if they beat FAU, and then you go into this tough place to play. I think it's going to be a really hungry Tennessee team because they've lost three in a row now. They played George Mason this week. That's not a game to get up for. They finally get to come home. They've played a gauntlet of a schedule, but all of the games have been away from home. They went to Wisconsin, they played in the Maui Invitational three big time games, and then they went to North Carolina. They finally get a high major big time matchup at home. I think they're they're gonna be the more energized team in this one I hate to say and I just it's a, it's just such a tough place. I think Illinois puts up a fight. I think Illinois keeps themselves in the game defensively. But Tennessee's going to pressure them. It's a bad matchup for Illinois' lack of ball handlers and, uh, and turnover issues. I, I think those are going to manifest themselves a little bit. Uh, and I think Tennessee is going to win more of an ugly game. Uh, I think I'll go with 66-59 Tennessee. Um, so, you know, similar range to you. Uh, I think this will be more of a low scoring game, but it's just such a tough place. I just I can't go in there with any confidence. And maybe that changes. Maybe Tennessee continues to really struggle. Connect is not healthy. Illinois looks great against Florida Atlantic. Maybe I changed my mind by Saturday. But as of now, I I think it's going to be a tough task for Illinois. But uh, but that was uh, an hour loaded with content here on the Champagne on Ice podcast. That'll probably wrap things up for us. Make sure to go follow our Twitter account at Champagne on Ice uh or x account uh but uh, i will never call it that just like i'll never call jersey mike's or, or never call the rack jersey mike's arena uh be sure to subscribe to feel the 68 podcast network youtube channel here uh give us a rating review on any podcast platform apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify still a work in progress that's like a will feel the 68 wide issue that we're trying to fix here that a lot of our uh, team pods are not on spotify for whatever reason um, but, uh, still working on that, but appreciate everybody for listening. Any last thoughts, Mike, as we head into a huge week of Illini hoops?
2: Go Alana. I, I mean, this is the stretch we've been talking about the entire uh, time we've been doing the podcast, like this three or four game stretch early December. It should be really fun. I already got one win. Why not keep it going?
1: Yeah, I this is this is it feels like especially now that college football has like winded down and the regular season, this feels like, all right, it's college basketball time now. Uh, and and it, it started to feel that way yesterday. It's really going to feel that way this week. But I uh, uh, hope everybody has a great week. Enjoy some Illini hoops on Tuesday and Saturday. Hope we're talking about two wins next Sunday. But regardless of the outcome, we'll be back and break it all down next week. Uh, and that'll do it for us right here on the Champagne on Ice podcast. See you next week.